so he Robert had that January of, of that year I think he had uh, he had asked me if I wanted to do this book and I I said yes I actually thought I was done writing books I just didn't know I didn't I didn't really have more to say that that was worthy of going into a book I thought I put it in books so like I didn't I to, to do any more would be a stretch but then Robert came to me with this idea uh, and he was kind of in the same place as I was where he had written his own stuff and several times over now mm-hmm. and let's make let's make this what it the movement deserves which is like a, a look at what 50 or 60 or some of these top athletes are doing and let's boil that all down into into uh you know concepts and principles that that everyone can apply hey folks welcome to steven runs vegan my podcast thank you very much for tuning in welcome back if you've been before if it's your first time here, that is awesome. I love that you found it, whether it's through Matt and Nomad Athlete or the book release hype. Thank you very much for being here. I hope you find something you enjoy. Take a look through the back catalogue if you're curious. But it's not about me today. I have an interview again with Matt Fraser. Matt was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago to talk about sports. That's just because we're friends and we both like football and sports. So we uh, just had a quite a casual, enjoyable little chat about that. A good time. Today, it's a bit more focused on what he does for a living and what I preach on my podcast, which is vegan nutrition. Matt is the founder of NoMeatAthlete.com, and he is the co-author of a brand new book coming out, which is very exciting, The Plant-Based Athlete. The Plant-Based Athlete, written by Matt and his co-author Robert Cheek, another titan of the vegan fitness world. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a pre-advanced copy. I've been skimming through it all week. It's packed full of information motivation it's got i believe 60 or so vegan athletes in all disciplines across all sports professional personal strength training endurance every sort of athlete what they do what they eat their routines their workout their nutrition so it's really a catch-all guidebook for anybody who's curious about either already improving their current athletic performance through going plant-based or if you're plant curious if you're not at all an athlete, but you want to get out there on the weekends and just feel a bit better, maybe lose some weight, maybe improve your health. Trust me, everything is in this book. You will find a story that you relate to. I've been in plant-based fitness, just personally, I've, I've, I've been a vegan runner for the last five years. I didn't know half of the names in this book. I thought I knew all the vegan athletes out there. And some of these were incredible stories. So combine all of that motivation with the fact that there is tons of just pure data and science and research and well-established facts to support the cause of a plant-based diet helping you to become a better athlete. Check out the book. You can go to book.nomeatathlete.com. I believe I'm going to put all the links below. Matt and Robert on their social media channels are going to be doing a ton of work. So if you're curious to hear more about the book, more from Matt Fraser, I'll leave the links below. Go have a look. But for now, enjoy the podcast. I really did. It's always a good time talking with Matt. So we didn't actually cover a lot of the specifics of vegan nutrition or any fitness plans or anything. It was more of an overall look at the whole book and the world we are in now of plant-based nutrition. So if you are curious, if you do genuinely want information, okay, what do I eat before a run or that kind of thing, get the book. That's the obvious one. It, it'll tick every box, answer every question you have. And as I say in the podcast, it answers questions you didn't even know you should have asked, which is always great. And there are hundreds of other resources out there online for all of the specific information. This is just a general overview. And if you like what you hear from this podcast, great. Then you can dive into the 
into the statistics and into the details of it all. But like I said, this is my chat with the author of The Plant-Based Athlete, Matt Fraser. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy. stuff is ramping up getting busy not, yeah. not all podcasts but just like a lot of uh a lot of different promotional things we're doing and stuff so it's just sure. uh, a lot of a lot of activity <laughs> exciting well thanks for getting up so early i appreciate it i hope you're oh, yeah. uh, oh, no problem no, no, it's, it's not yeah. that early for you i know but still yeah um yeah cool well, I, oh yeah i did want to say the the previous podcast you did about the you know sharing and the the behind the scenes and worry about uh-huh. going on that was already interesting to hear anyway and between that and what you were saying about your life now with Holden and the, the soccer and the, the, with the, you know, half the family sometimes being there and your mother having to come help it sounds stressful enough already. And then on top of that, <laughs> you've decided to go huge on this big new book. So <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Well done. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's good. It, it'll be a quick, it'll be a sprint. And when, you know, in, in two weeks or so, we'll be able to relax and just see, see how it does. So yeah. that'll be good. We're not, not too far. The end is in sight at least finish lines there great Um, well i think i've just kind of accidentally flown into just podcast chat that was all sounding quite formal so we'll just carry on from here uh thank you very much for joining us guys i'm here with my good friend matt fraser you might know matt he was on the show a couple of weeks ago uh to talk about sports this one is a little bit more worthy of his time because matt and his friend and uh, co-author robert cheek have written this fantastic new book called the plant-based athlete and I'd like to have Matt on to chat all about the the things that really occupy most of his time, which is not Real Madrid and the European <laughs> Super League. It's more related to plant-based nutrition, advocacy, living a healthy lifestyle, that sort of thing, all that good stuff. And all the key aspects of that that I've been following over the last few years have been filtered down into this lovely guide, this all-you-need guide to be a plant-based athlete. So author of the plant-based athlete matt fraser thank you very much for joining me how are we doing doing great thank you Stephen. pleasure now to be back as a repeat guest on uh steven runs vegan i texted you a picture of my mom's i got my mom's car the other day and uh she has a little dashboard display yeah that uh shows like you know has fancy shows the uh the name of the podcast she's listening to and, and right there was Stephen runs vegan episode <laughs> one she had on so, i actually don't know how she even found it I, I think i tweeted the link maybe and she saw that i, don't, I actually don't know Episode one. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sure you have the same. Probably everyone who has a podcast had the same. I think I've heard yeah. your episode one is how to train for your first half marathon. Isn't that? Uh, that sounds about right. It's it's, it's down there. Anyway. That's one of the first few. <laughs> I, I don't even remember. Mine was just about a two minute introduction, mainly accountability, you know, putting my message out there. Hey, mm-hmm. this is, how does a microphone work? This is a podcast. Okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and the idea of your mom listening to that. Well, the idea of a lot of things. So um this has come up you and i have met a few times and had some good chats and everything and it's come up before but there's a few moments when i'm hanging out with you whereas if i if i caught myself this time five years ago and could look forward to the fact that you're you'd be sending me a photo from your mom's car of her listening (laughs) to episode one of my (laughs) podcast let me let me go back into the the background for a second so i discovered matt through his work at no meat athlete Uh, i've got the shirt on here one of a few i own it just it was the website I found when I was really finally ready to go vegan and kind of tired of being a bit lethargic and a bit lazy and Google a few. I found Rich Roll. I found, you know, Brendan Brazier, a lot of these good people you talk about in the book and the Nomad Athlete just 
sang to me. It just it had a more of a friendly, approachable, non-judgmental, non-competitive vibe, really, and that was wonderful. So I got to know Nomi Dathli through that. I was training for my first marathon. I bought the Nomi Deathly Marathon Roadmap training plan, which helped me get across the line, literally. And sure. eventually, I just got to know Matt, at least on my side, through his weekly podcast with Doug. I met you once in Brussels for a veg fest. That was the very first time we met in person. And yeah, it would just click that you uh, we've become friends. And it's uh, remarkable to me that both one of my plant-based idols could also be just a, a good friend of mine. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful for that. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's cool. I um, I definitely did the exact same thing. When I was trying to grow Nomad Athlete, I found all these blogs that I liked and people that I learned from. And then, you know, once you actually try to go meet these people who are, you know, quote unquote famous in some tiny section of the internet world, you find out that tiny famous in tiny section of the internet world is not the same as, as famous in, in the whole world. Uh, so it's actually quite easy to meet the people who are behind the blogs and the podcasts that most of us enjoy. And, and I know I loved doing that too so anyway but it's been great to uh to get to know you steven and and get to hang out and you know become become friends uh and, and good friends more than just uh podcaster listener friends yeah there a lot of the vocabulary used in this world of plant-based speaking that you have a lot of friends in the plant-based world oh my good friend this guy who i haven't <laughs> seen in three years and granted i almost haven't seen you in three years but that's a different thing but yes they're genuinely friends and in fact one of the times i want to to move on to segue quite nicely to the book uh, one of the last times I saw you was in Valencia on holiday and you went with your family to Spain. I, I turned up for a few days, had a great time. Mm-hmm. But during, I remember we were sitting on a terrace. I think we were halfway back to your place from somewhere and it was a bit warm. We decided to sit and have a beverage in the shade and just kind of chill. For oh, a yeah, I remember this. And it was just there where you, you mentioned some plan about a new book on the horizon and you were going to be working with Robert Cheek. And I knew Robert uh, from the podcast before. For those of you who don't know, Matt's co-author, Robert, is a, another vegan plant-based health and fitness advocate. He's written books. He's done speaking tours all over the world. He's a, a strength uh, bodybuilding athlete. And yeah, you just mentioned that you had a vague book plan with Robert Cheek. Now, I don't know back then um, what the goal would be or what it was going to end up like or how vague the plan really was. But here we are in 2021 and you're you're this vague idea has turned into a reality, this massive book which is about to drop. How are you, yeah. are you excited about it? I'm really excited. Um, I mean, that, how long ago was the Valencia trip? That was probably 2019. September, uh, mm, sometime. That was summertime. It was definitely summer. It was like July, oh, yeah. probably 2019. July, yeah. I don't know. But anyway, so he, Robert had that January of, of that year, I think he had, uh, he had asked me if I wanted to do this book. And I, I said, yes, I actually thought I was done writing books, not because I didn't enjoy it. I, I had written two before this. Uh, the Nomad Athlete and then the Nomad Athlete Cookbook. And they were successful and, and it, it was a positive experience. But I kind of felt like I just didn't know. I didn't, I didn't really have more to say that, that was worthy of going into a book, I thought, uh, as far as like my approach to eating a plant-based diet for fitness goes. It just, you know, I, I put it in books. So like I didn't, I, to, to do any more would be a stretch. But then Robert came to me with this idea uh, and he was kind of in the same place as I was where he had written his own stuff and several times over now. Mm. And he wanted to do something bigger this time. He said, let's make something that is not any one person's approach to a plant-based diet. Let's, let's show what everybody's doing. And cause like the, the movement is at this place now where it, we're, we're past the point where we need more anecdotal kind of one person's story and one person's, you know, weird approach to making it work. Like let, let's make, let's make this what it, the movement deserves, which is like a, a look at what 50 or 60 or some of these top athletes are doing. And let's boil that all down into 
into uh, you know concepts and principles that that everyone can apply. So that's you know I knew that much about the book. I think we had written the proposal. Robert had flown out to Asheville, and we had worked on writing a proposal. And that's probably at the stage where it was when you and I talked. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I think it's been two and a half years since then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was funny. So it's been two and a half years basically since Robert and I had that conversation. So it takes a long time to get get books out, which is another reason I was not going to do another one. <laughs> it just takes so long. Yeah. And um, and just before we get into the the nuts and bolts of the book itself, I, I, if you don't mind, you'd have to speak for Robert as well. You can do it far better than I. Just to, for those, most of the people who listen probably don't know you and Robert or what you're about. Do you mind going into the backstory a little bit? Give me that that five minute uh, Nomad Athlete, Matt Fraser background that I've, you've said a thousand times before. And just sure. and for Robert as well, because you're both very qualified expert experienced people in health and fitness so to go into the details of that would be great yeah sure so what we have uh you know i'm certainly was not an i'm not an elite athlete um very much an average guy who who was i got into running i decided to run a marathon when i was in college even though i wasn't a runner and just you know my friends and i barely made it across the line of our first marathon um but i had set the goal of qualifying for boston the boston marathon which which back then took a three hour and ten minute marathon uh, you know, as you would expect, I missed that by a ton. I missed it by 103 minutes. I ran 4:52, I think, in my first marathon. Uh, but that got me really somehow failing that that largely, that spectacularly got me thinking, wow, like how cool would it be if I actually could qualify for that marathon? Like, what kind of fitness would I have to have? What kind of discipline would I have had to, uh, you know, just nurtured? And I, I started to work on it and took off 90 minutes, and I was I was 10 minutes shy when I decided to go vegetarian, this was in 2009. Um, and, you know, I didn't, I wasn't doing it for performance reasons. I was just doing it because I, I just didn't feel right anymore about eating animals. So I did it not knowing what it would do to the Boston journey. Um, and as I was looking around for information, I couldn't really find what I was looking for. Kind of like what you mentioned, like I, before Nomad Athlete, there wasn't really anything, at least that I could find on the internet that was like, for plant-based athletes specifically, and no one was using the term plant-based then, it was just vegetarian or vegan, Um, you know, but, but wasn't like ethically motivated. I didn't want anything that was like going to be as much as it it was ethical thing for me. I didn't want to be like preached to uh, or made to feel dirty for eating meat still, or like transitioning. Um, And, and the stuff that was out there then wasn't very scientific. So I just couldn't find anything. So I said, well, this would be cool if I just start writing what I'm doing and make it this really friendly, welcoming thing. Uh, and try to base things in science too when I can, like find things linked to them. Uh, so that's how I started Nomad Athlete. It turned out that the that the diet worked really well. And six months after I went vegetarian um, and started the blog, I qualified for Boston. I took those final 10 minutes off my marathon, uh, which was great. And then um, as I started to like interview more people and see more people talk and all these, you know, just sort of network, uh, I met this guy named Robert Cheek and I, I saw him speaking actually. He was a super motivational speaker. Um, and he was one of the very first people who got me sort of opened my eyes like, wow, like vegetarian is part of it, but there's a lot more you can do. And if it's, if ethical stuff is really your motivation, then, you know, vegetarian is, is just a small part. Like you, you, there's really a lot more. Um, and so he was the first person to really get me thinking about vegan. And uh, I ended up doing that. And, and as I kept going more and more plant-based, uh, I kept getting more and more benefits from running. I, like as far as my body and recovery and injury resistance, uh, it just all worked. And I got into ultra running. I ran several 50 milers and a hundred miler completely vegan. Uh, and it, you know, that, that kind of distance 
And the amount of training I had to do really was unheard of for me before I went vegetarian. Um, you know, partly that came from just learning more to run, but, but I think a lot of it really did have to do with diet. Uh, I found I was able to put in more miles, more workouts and, and come back recovered, not, not uh, just getting more and more injured each time. So anyway, so that, that's kind of like the Nomad Athlete story. Then the blog has now been around for 12 years and we started a podcast and got books and all kinds of things like that. Robert has actually been at this much longer. Uh, he was 120 yeah, pounds. Only in research Sorry. for this, I realized how, how further behind, like how much he had put in even before you ever came onto the scene. He's been around a long time. Yeah, he's one of the very, very early ones in this movement, um, especially in the bodybuilding part. Like he, a lot of people think of him as like the godfather of vegan bodybuilding. Uh, and he, you know, he, he's, I don't think he was ever a professional bodybuilder. He was always an amateur status bodybuilder, but he won uh, several natural bodybuilding championships. Uh, I don't actually know a lot of the details about what the, what the rules are for those things. Um, but they weren't vegan bodybuilding championships. They were natural bodybuilding. Like you had to not use certain drugs and whatever else. Um, but he won some. So like, it's, it's really cool that he was able to do that. And he started out really small. He was a 120 pound kid, uh, farm kid actually. And I think he was like 15 and he totally ethically got motivated by his, something his sister was doing. He decided to do this. And, uh, and over the course of, of, you know, now I think a 25 year, uh, time as a, as a vegan athlete, he, he put on a hundred pounds of muscle. Um, and that's not even his best sport. His best sport actually is running. And he, he put, he stopped bodybuilding for a little while. Uh, he kind of retired from it and got into running and ran some races and won like some kind of time two hour race or something. Um, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's really a, a great athlete and he's done so much for this movement. He's really yeah. one of the, one of the pioneers of it. There's a lot to do with mindset and the nutrition and everything. And of course, all the detail is in the book, but the thing I love with Robert, is just, he he seems to have a lot of humanity. I've never met him, but he looks and sounds like a really good guy. And he has just some some charm. There's a smile. Every every photo I see him in, whether he's you know yeah. one of those gym selfies or if it's at some speaking engagement or whatever, he clearly looks like a guy with a bit of a spark and a bit of a vitality and some unique charm to him. I've always I've always found him quite um a welcoming and enjoyable voice to listen to, regardless. Clearly, strength training and bodybuilding is not my type of fitness choice, but yeah, he's a, he's a great guy from what I've seen, and I'd love to meet him sometime. Yeah, I, mean, he's, I, I do think it's great that the book is not about you two. That's the thing. It's it's a broad, in-depth look at everything to do with um, plant-based fitness, of course, but it is, does help that it's kind of yin and yang. You've got the endurance expertise ticked. Maybe Robert, too, because as you said, he was a runner, but you've done the the, the Boston, and you've done the Ultras, and Robert's mm-hmm. uh, competed on the strength training level, so it, it tends to be kind of one or the other. Like when I wear my no meat athlete shirt, some people look at me and at a race and like, oh yeah, he's a skinny little nothing. Of course he's a vegan runner. Or was like, yeah, it, it, it adds a little uh, little bit extra because I can preach about it all day and someone looks at, uh, at me and thinks, yeah, of course he, he's a runner. He's got nothing on him. But like the, the vegan athletic uh, world can be whatever you want it to be. If you want to be big and strong, if you want to be fast, technically powerful, any sort of physical, um, attributes that you'd like you can have them and grow them and better them through a plant-based diet so the, to get into the book in a bit more detail um can you just give us the layout about it? like the the there's a lot of exercise books out there there's a lot of vegan stuff out there and you can go into a store and you see 10 or 20 things and you don't know so what what does the plant-based what does the plant-based athlete give to this world that is not out there yet yeah that's a great question um I would say it is, it is not a fitness book. It is not about exercises or anything like that. Um, 
the only thing that's not nutrition really is there's one chapter at the end that's about mindset and goal setting. Just, just that's such a big part of both Robert's and my story and philosophy. Uh, and we wanted people to kind of have an action plan, not just read this and then put it down, uh, which unfortunately happens all the time with books, including books that I read. I you know read them all, get excited, and then just don't don't ever end up implementing. So that's how we put that in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think kind of like I said earlier, like this this book is meant to. to I, I, my goal with this one was not convince elite athletes that a plant-based diet is the best choice in the world for elite sports. Uh, I think it's easy to look at the book and think that, but when I read it in its final form, uh, it just, it kind of hit me that like this, although we talk about a lot of elite athletes and that's like, we interviewed 60 athletes, Robert did most of the interviews for this, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 60 different vegan athletes, most of them at the very top of their sports. Um, so you've got like Scott Jurek types, Rich Roll types, people know them. Um, but also lots and lots of people who are, who are not known, uh, many more women, um, just, we wanted to tell stories of people whose story had not really been adequately told who maybe who didn't have a book of their own yet. Um, and so a lot of those athletes, a whole lot more than I realized are actually strength athletes. Uh, this, this vegan plant-based fitness thing is not just an endurance thing, although that that's the first people who got well-known doing it perhaps because it lends itself so well to that, um, but there are a whole lot of, of bodybuilders, like Olympian weightlifters who eat plant-based diets for performance reasons. Uh, and really, so like, for me, that's what the book does best is not, not try to teach people that this is the best diet to pick for those things, but to show people that it is completely a viable option. So if you have any other reason for wanting to eat plant-based, whether it's ethical, environmental, um, or pro probably more applicable to most people, the long-term health benefits of a plant-based diet um, you know, you can do that without sacrificing performance. And then there's the question of, will you actually get an advantage from performance? And I think it certainly depends on the type of person, you know, type of body, just all these things. And also how well this diet resonates with you and how you feel doing it and how, you know, mentally what it does for you. Um, but it, my story and Robert's story, both were that when we started eating a plant-based diet, we got our fitness improved, our performance in sports improved. Um, what we're seeing, what we saw a whole lot of, see a whole lot of is people who extend their careers or really revitalize their careers. Like, like, like Chris Paul and, and be, well, I guess your audience may not be up on the NBA, but like there's a player named Chris Paul, his career was, was kind of going downhill and he went plant-based and suddenly was back. And, and there's a David Carter, an NFL player who did a similar thing. He couldn't even get out of a bathtub. He had so much information. Uh, yeah, he started eating plant-based. I knew about David Carter and I read uh, a so that's one of my favorite things in the book is that it, it, I got a little media copy, which was great. And I've been skimming through it over the last few days. And it's just broken up so wonderfully by all of these different stories, because well, I could listen to you, you talk and tell your story and it's wonderfully inspiring in its own way. But it's broken up by I have 60, you said, different plant-based athletes performing mm -hmm. in the field. And I was reading about there's an Irish vegan cyclist who is seemingly going breaking records at a national level and big up for a the international scene in the future, Orla Walsh. So mm -hmm. I, I'm Irish, obviously. So I'm noticing that Jeremy Reinders was another one, the Dutch guy, fittest guy in the Netherlands, apparently. And I'd never heard of him, a vegan <laughs> CrossFit athlete. And so I had known about guys like Brendan Brazier and Scott Jurek, but the number of just standards, I don't know, sports stars, you know, like they're just doing their thing and crushing it in uh, so many different fields most of them I had never heard of. And again, that goes back to our previous chat where I, I showed my ignorance about some US sports, but in, <laughs> it was just really enjoyable to read. And you, whatever 
kind of background, whatever. Like I said about finding the Nomad Athlete, and it spoke to me very well. I just it was one of those things. So you, whoever is reading this plant, the plant based plant based athlete, is really going to find some one or two people in there that they did know and wanted to know more about, or have never heard of before. And it's just, um, Robbie Ballinger's story, Josh Lajani. I've been lucky enough to meet him. That guy's incredible. All of these people mm-hmm. that most of us have probably never heard of. As you were saying about um, vegan athletes extending their career or going vegan and extending their career in a football, in a soccer way, Jermaine uh, Defoe, you know Jermaine Defoe? Yeah, I, I know the name. Uh, I don't remember where I've heard of him, but is he a Premier League player? Is that what it is? He was. Um, so he, he's been, I think he's nearly 40 now. He's in his mid-30s anyway, definitely towards the late stage of his career. But he, he was a striker. He, he played for Tottenham uh, 10 or so years ago, and that was probably the peak of his level. He was always very good, a good goal scorer, kind of like an Aguero mm-hmm. player, but less uh, mm-hmm. world-class. And then he went to, he moved around a few clubs in the Premier League, and then he went to Seattle, I think. He went to the MLS Okay, which, which was kind of un, unspokenly the the retirement home for the British yes, stars. Right. That's what they did right. back then. But then he spent two years in the MLS and then came back to the Premier League for Bournemouth and did amazing again. And then now he's playing for Rangers in Scotland, who just won the the title last year, and he's still scoring goals there. And I believe only when he went to the US or in his early thirties, he went plant based. And yeah, talk about extending a career because. For an English footballer to go to MLS, it's kind of like, okay, I'm going right. to enjoy myself here, get a good paycheck, enjoy better weather and <laughs> clock off and do right. my next, next thing in life. And we all kind of forgot about him because they don't follow MLS much. And then suddenly you hear about this vegan guy who's in his mid-30s and shouldn't be as, you know, giving, doing the numbers that he's doing. And clearly the plant-based diet made a massive difference. Yeah, and that's that's kind of... To me, one of the obvious, like hard to argue with benefits is that it, it seems that it extends the, the uh, career um, or, or the, you know, the health, health span, right? Just like the years at which you were able to keep doing something at a high level. Uh, that to me, it appears to be beyond shadow of a doubt that a plant-based diet can help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, how, whether it's like the diet that should be chosen for peak performance, I don't know about that at athletes at the peak. It, that, that to me is still unknown. We will know that, you know, we can say that once a majority of these leagues where, where the, you know, the money is going to follow the diet that works best. Yep. Uh, if we see the plant-based diet being the diet of choice, then, then we can probably say, yes, this is the one. Um, but we don't know that, right? There's a huge increasing number of people who are turning to it. And I hope that's, that's the way it's headed. But what we can say is as far as long-term health goes, a plant-based diet is a great choice. If you eat, if you can eat a plant-based diet for the, your fitness pursuits, whether they're, you know, this high level we're talking about, or just more like you and I recreational kind of level, um, you can at least know that like, I mean, typically with performance and longevity, there's a trade-off between the two. If you're, if you're going for really high level performance in something, you're tending to have to eat specialized foods, specialized amounts of foods, um, which typically aren't the same as the ones that you'd be eating for just general long-term health. Uh, you're asking your body to metabolize a lot of extra calories. You're, asking, you're breaking down muscles, you're rebuilding them. And those processes wear on your body. Mm. Uh, but it turns out that when you do it with a plant-based diet, in my opinion, and, and sort of what we can sort of assume from all the research that's coming out about the long-term health benefits of a plant-based diet, uh, you know, you're, you're doing it in a way that, that probably is minimizing the, the impact, the, the trade-off, you know, it, it, it seems to me like the best of both worlds. And I think that's why you're seeing these longer, uh, with these revitalized careers from a plant-based diet. So anyway, we took, we, we, the book is really, although these athlete stories are interwoven throughout all the chapters, um, 
it's not a book about these athletes. It's a book about how the individual reading it. And typically that's going to be a recreational, maybe someone who's a, who's a good athlete or who's, who's dedicated. Um, but it's not, it's not for elite athletes. It's, it's about how can we take the principles, the things that are working for all these great athletes and how can we incorporate that, incorporate that into our own lives, our own diets, our own lifestyles uh, to, to basically get more out of our own bodies and, and, you know, how can we follow exactly the, the regimens that they're doing? And that's why, like, at the end, there's a day in the life section where we took 25 of these examples and yeah, put exactly what they asked them, exactly what they eat, exactly what their workout looks like, how they're related as far as time goes, um, so that people can take them, borrow, uh, try different approaches. What I think is really cool, what I love about that section and the book in general, but that section kind of showed me this um, is like up until this point, if you read somebody's book about a plant-based diet, you it was easy to assume that that was the way to eat a plant-based diet, mm-hmm. uh, that it has to be all whole foods and no oil. If you read, you know, say like Rip Esselstyn's Engine 2 kind of stuff, uh, or if you read, I don't know, like Robert's old stuff about bodybuilding had lots and lots of tofu and high levels of protein in there. And so if you just read that, you'd assume like, well, plant-based people must have to really focus on protein all day long. Um, but it, what you see from, from looking at this day in the life thing is that all these athletes really do different stuff. Like there are some common themes, but some of them are eating the beyond burgers and all these other kind of processed vegan food. Uh, and some of them don't eat any of that stuff. They, they refuse. Some of them are really meticulous about counting their, their macros and all this other numbers. And others are just like, well, I just eat when I'm hungry and I try to keep it, you know, stay in tune with my body. So it's like, there are a whole lot of ways to make a plant-based diet work. And to me, it speaks to the versatility of the diet. Uh, and I think it's really nice. I don't think any book has really shown that before. Uh, and it also, I think, gives people confidence, which is why these athlete stories are in there for the, in the first place. But it, uh, there's always this thing about when you eat a plant-based diet, people say like, oh, you must have to be really careful to like make sure you're getting what you need. And like, there are a few things, sure, you do need to make sure that you're getting like B12 is the obvious one. But I feel like you need to be careful if you're eating the other way, like every plant-based food you eat almost, if it's a, if it's a whole food, uh, whole food, you know, form of plant-based food, like it's just packed with nutrition. And so you can mix and match those however you want. And you don't have to be careful if you're just choosing among those, you like, you need a supplement with B12, of course, but like, I don't know. I think you need to be less careful than you do if you're eating fast food a couple of times a week. I think that's true. And it, to clarify it for any, my podcast, Stephen Runs Vegan, you have no meat athlete. We're both aware of the benefits of a plant-based lifestyle and there's no doubt anymore, but you'd remember the days when you were a bit uncertain of it. And <laughs> I, I've even dis- discovering your blog in the first place, I thought, well, he's a, endur- a vegan endurance runner. I must have to eat like Matt Fraser because that's, <laughs> that's just kind of what you do or you want to emulate someone who you think is, you know, your, your, your target. You, someone might read the book and they'll see a cyclist or a boxer or anyone and think, oh, well, I've got to eat like them because that's, that's the way to do it. And I really know you, you've got to eat whole foods when you're hungry, uh, you know, in within reason enough to, and workout fueling around training and um, post-nutrition, all, all that kind of stuff. But I, a lot of these phrases that I, you, you hear, whether it's talking about vitamin B12 or caloric in, intake or nutrition density, these things might sound like gobbledygook to, to a new <laughs> listener. But mm-hmm. I, I, from what I've seen, I gave the, I didn't realize how long, I forgot how long the book was, about 300 and something pages. Yeah, And I started pages. reading the copy I got, um, quite closely just really not not skipping much for about the first 50 pages and then realize right. okay i see where this is going i've got to interview matt in about three hours i have to speed up. 
So, um, yeah. But it's it's complete like 101 breakdown. There, I always remember on Wikipedia, there's this on, on the side of the page, you've got English, Spanish, French, German, but one of them was called Simple English. That, mm. which is just I've seen that before. And I just because out of boredom and procrastination, I would often find a very technical subject and just click on the simple English version. And yeah. I think not to, uh, you know, talk down your, your book at all. It's it's I'm sure it's entirely researched and uh, verified and expert opinions. There are expert opinions all through it. But the language, the approachability is really there. It's not it's answering all those questions that everyone that I had in the beginning, it's answering questions that I didn't even know I needed to ask. And it, it gives a breakdown in simple English in very accessible terms, what all of these things around fitness and nutrition are. And if, if there's any doubt, like the two of us are talking, we're both in, in great shape and doing our own fitness things. You're raising plant-based kids. Both of your kids are performing really well athletically and excelling in, in their sports. And that's exciting to see so the, the confidence and the 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 removal of doubt from from um being a plant-based athlete is just it's a weight off your shoulders and once you do realize that if you just eat enough whole food and try and get some variety after that just pick your favorites you know i i know what makes me feel good before a run after a run if i'm just having a lazy day at home eat the way you know best and if it's whole foods mostly mostly whole food plant-based you're doing good you're right and i think uh I hope this book is is one that will that will help, and that that is the point for me is like to eliminate that uncertainty or at least minimize it. But it's it's going to be there. Like it's just when it is so ingrained in our heads that we have to eat meat and we have to drink milk for strength. Uh, it's a work in progress to to you know kind of deprogram ourselves. Um, and I hope this will be the one that that helps a whole lot of people, just because it has so many different examples in it. Um, but we will see. But yeah, I think the simple the simple English thing is funny. I've I've seen that on Wikipedia. I've never clicked it. Never even really thought about it for some reason. I don't know why. But I think that's really important. Actually, I think to me there would not be much point in writing a book that was a dent. Like as much as this is a manual for being a plant based athlete, um, if it were written like a technical manual and hard to read and hard to get through and hard to implement, uh, you know, there wouldn't be much point in doing it. So. Uh, I think I think Nomad Athlete is also written in simple English, the blog. I mean, that's that's mm. part of what what is part of the formula for for having built a large audience over time is is just trying to keep it, you know, entertaining and light and easy to read. So uh, it's it's actually really good to hear that. And uh, yeah, like you said, it's 350 pages. It, it is densely packed with information, but I think it, I think it's I hope it's presented in a way that's uh, pretty easy to digest. Yeah, from what I've seen, really is the there there's meal plans, there's the day in the life, there's um, fully like reviewed and legitimate scientific studies referenced in there and it's all and there are 60 recipes that the athletes themselves contributed we didn't they weren't roberts and my recipes yeah i mean a few of them are but but it's mostly from the athletes which i think is really cool because i remember when i was like when information about plant-based athletes was so hard to get um i remember like scott jurek in his book Hmm. uh, i was about to reference the same one yeah yeah he would put like at the end of chapter and this is sort of weird for a for a book like that just at the end of each chapter there'd be a recipe and like to get those 12 or 15 Scott Jurek recipes, like to have those, I thought was like amazing. Like I just yeah. wanted to eat only those. Because it was like finally, yeah. Uh, and so I think what's cool is that we, we managed to get a lot of those from a whole lot of the athletes in here. Nice. So yeah, if if you are curious in any way to go of a, of a plant-powered athletic uh, life adventure of some kind, you will be reading stories from legitimate, you know, world-class athletes at the top of their game. And you'll be hopefully like me, we're just inspired in your own way because I'm not going to win the world championships of anything. I'll, 
Although there were a couple of examples of people who only took up a sport, well, in their late yeah. twi- in their twenties. I was was it Orla Walsh who didn't ride a bike until she was twenty six or something competitively. Uh, I think I think Dotsie Bal- maybe Orla Walsh. I, I, Robert is one who's more familiar with the stories, but but uh, yeah. Dotsie Balch, I believe was was not an athlete really at all, or not. Dotsie, a, that not was a true as well. There were a couple. She became of, an uh, Olympian. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Medalist, even. Maybe in my case, thirty one is a bit too late, but it the the, <laughs> the 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 information is there, the inspiration is there, and it's all. Like I said, 350 pages, but there wasn't much filler. It was all quite, you know, content and um, really focused. It's almost as if you spent two and a half years preparing for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I think this thing in its full length would be 600 pages. And I, I think that much was written. Uh, but but yeah, so yeah, there is no filler because it, it really uh, it got pared down a lot. So I can heartily recommend it to anyone and I'll get, I'll get you to share so yeah, if you if you can go ahead and just tell people how to find the book, how to get in touch with you and Robert, and what what's the schedule for the next few weeks? How is it all looking? Sure, yeah, I can do that. Um, so if you go to book.nomadeathlete.com, you will see uh, this little package of pre-order bonus and a bunch of more information about the book, uh, including lots of endorsements from really some of the very top leaders in the plant-based movement, which is such an honor to yeah. get them. Um, the forward is by Michael Greger. Uh, Dr. Campbell, Dr. Esselstyn, you know, just people who really know their stuff are saying this book is good. And that, that was so rewarding to hear and validate. It was like, wow, good. They like it. So I think we must be good. This is really uh, a box ticking exercise of the original like OGs of the plant-based movement. It was with yeah. you and Robert and then you've got the Esselstyn. And In many ways it is that. Yeah. Which is, which is really fun. Um, but anyway, so there, there's also a list of bonuses there that Robert and I put together and anyone who gets the book orders it before um, June 19th, actually, which is sending it past the pre-sale period to, to June 19th, um, you will get these bonuses. Uh, your audience, Stephen, might have some trouble getting it because it's it's not available in different places. I, I think you were able to order a copy at one point, you said, right? Yeah. Uh, there's So if you're on the, the Nomad Athlete side on the book section, there's like four, different, four or five different logos and different places you can buy it. I believe Amazon was the only one that worked because it's just uh, by... Um, what do you call it? Eth- ethical reasons. I try to click all the others first. Like give, us, <laughs> give my money to some sort of independentness. And right. none of them were shipping to the Europe, but Amazon did. So I don't know okay. if it's globally a problem or have a look based on the country yeah, I mean, that you're in. So, so it's really, it's published, it like the publishing rights deal is for North American publishing. So that's why with this one, as opposed to the last ones, it's not so easy, not so easy to get um, mm-hmm. in other countries yet. I think it certainly will be once we have publishers in those, in those areas. But anyway, um, yeah, so you can go there. Uh, you can also just go to any bookstore. It'll be in the U.S. anyway. It'll be everywhere. Uh, anywhere else you find it, you know, totally good place to get it. Um, well, and and, and just, can you t- okay. mention the pre-orders thing? If, certainly, uh, if there are some listeners in the U.S., why is that a big deal if it's going to be available anyway? You, but you'd rather they pre-order. Yeah, pre-ordering is nice because, um, especially in the earlier going, like when, when you know a month ago when I was talking about this stuff, um, that's what that's what bookstores kind of use to decide how many copies they should order. And then therefore that the publishers use to decide how many they should print. Uh, so my, my last book, I didn't do a good job of, of educating people on this or even myself, I didn't really understand it. And so like we were killing it with, with Amazon in the final weekend before the on sale date. Uh, and I was so excited. I think it got to like number 34 or something of all books on Amazon, wow. uh, which was, you know, a ton uh, selling like, I don't know, a thousand a day, I think. And then, then it just ran out. They just ran out of it suddenly. So like the day the book went on sale on Amazon, you couldn't actually get it. It said it said out of stock. Uh, so that was a bummer. So anyway, so this time it was very important. And thankfully we hit a lot of those goals. So like bookstores should be stocked, but still, if you're able to pre-order, 
uh, before June 15th, it's always a really good signal. Awesome. Um, awesome. So, yeah. And then uh, next few weeks, yeah. So it comes out on June 15th. No like book tour or anything just because of the COVID. No one's really back up doing that yet. Although, although our country is kind of back up and running again, it seems. But um, but that sort of stuff isn't really happening. But we'll be all over the place on the internet. Uh, lots and lots of blogs. In fact, our Ritual podcast episode comes out uh, Monday, the Monday before the book comes out. So June 14th. Um, you can check out me and Robert on Ritual. Yeah. And uh, several other big, big ones in the vegan space as well. Uh, so yeah, just, just that. Hopefully get a little TV and radio stuff in the US. In fact, we have one day where we are recording. Uh, it's like a, the Thursday after the book comes out from, I think it's 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. We have 20, 20 minute radio interviews just, just all day long, just doing, and I'm sure it'll be exactly the same questions. And I'm yeah, just, yeah. But anyway, I, I would um, love to hear the difference between the, fr- the first radio interview <laughs> and the last one. You'll just be so set in your answers by then. It'll be like pressing play on a speaker. Yeah, or, or so completely you know, just <laughs> brain dead. I think maybe we'll peak around lunchtime and, and really know. And then maybe, maybe at that point, there will be a drop off. I guess there's only so many times you can say caloric density in a day before it just gets <laughs> yeah. boring. Well, right, uh, exactly. I wish you good luck with that. So, um, yeah, I think we can wind it up there. I do want to ask you personally about how COVID is in the States and your family and all the rest. But until we until that, <laughs> the Plant-Based Athlete by Matt Fraser and Robert Cheek will be out in on June 15th, book.nomadathlete.com. And I'm going to leave all the, the links and show notes below to pre-order it. There's a bunch of pre-order uh, offers and special bonuses you can get if you do that. And as Matt just said, it helps with the whole numbers and predicting the sales and the like. So if you could pre-order that book, I can highly recommend it. Really interesting, enjoyable, entertaining read to just sit and sit in the sun and hear some stories and learn some new things. And also it's got every critical bit of information you need for any vague form of fitness and performance in, in with a plant-based diet. That's it. I've, that's all I've got. Um, so I'll, I'll stick it in anyway, out of curiosity. I've, you, I've told them about you before. My my listeners, you Matt Fraser is becoming the Leo Babauta of my podcast. If that <laughs> still know me, <laughs> yeah. actually, radio listeners oh, will get that one. I think that good. was very much I an early that. days thing too. I don't know what your situation with Leo. I don't know what he's up to these days, but certainly in the early years, there was a lot of references references to Leo Babauta from Zen Habits on the Nomad Athlete podcast. And I think I'm referencing Matt from Nomad Athlete on my podcast with the same uh, regularity. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they're still he's still doing his thing at Zen Habits, and uh, and I still I'm still subscribed. I still read his stuff. He does a lot of like uh, mindful or different different comfort challenges and things like that, which which is always really inspiring to me when people do that. I love those kind of little month long experiments to see if you can handle something. Uh, so yeah, that's a good one. Zenhabits.net. And so what goes into or so what's going on now for you guys in the states? Uh, you're in North Carolina. Have things reopened? Vaccinations going ahead? How, what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I think about a month ago, it seemed like I saw a stat that said half of North Carolina was vaccinated, half of adults. Nice. Um, yeah, and and maybe three weeks ago they removed, or maybe two weeks ago they removed uh, first mask requirements from outdoors. So the kids playing soccer were wearing masks on the field. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, even even during training, there was just in North Carolina. If you go across the border, we live right on the border of North and South Carolina. If you go across the border, you wouldn't have to. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just interesting. But then they got rid of that, and then like two weeks ago, they got rid of the mask requirement in general. So now, the past two weeks, I've been grocery shopping with no mask on, Ooh, wow. and uh, it's just a strange return to it. Going to breweries and things, and like mingling yeah. with people. And I think it's all like it's, if you're vaccinated, you don't because the CDC said came out and said if you don't. Uh, if you're vaccinated, then you don't need a mask even indoors. And so then the 
the regulations were lifted. And I think some businesses are still doing it, but really almost none. Like you, you really don't see it's it's amazing to me how many people how quickly people have have dropped uh, the mask. I think people were very ready to to stop that. I think it's the same here. We're on about a similar track. Um, the, it's exciting in my group of friends because they're doing the vaccinations, obviously by risk group and all the the, the essential mm-hmm. workers, that kind of thing. And now they're just getting the rest of us and they're doing it by year. So there's an official announcement from the health services saying anyone born in 1989, or it's not even that far yet, 1982 maybe, um, can go get vaccinated. Now, I think they're up to 86 and 87 of my friends are going, starting to book. <laughs> okay. I'm born in 1990, so it looks like sometime in June I'll, I'll be vaccinated. And yeah, things are opening here on the 5th of July. Um, June, sorry, the 5th of my, it's my own birth month. I should know. On the 5th <laughs> of June, everything opened nearly completely. You can have a you can go into bars and restaurants now. They still have mask wearing uh, rules, but there's there's a lot of practical drift happening with the masks though. So people still know they need to have them on but they, mm. they're just taking the same old one out of their pocket that they probably had for two weeks. And there's a lot of, a lot more noses and chins being on. on yeah, yeah. Now. So yeah. it's, it's clear that it's still mandatory on public transport and in indoor supermarkets, that kind of thing. But I will be the very same here. The moment it's no longer mandatory, they're just going to be whipped off yeah. and never, never seen again. So mm-hmm. it like, looks like the worst is over fingers crossed. Yeah, really. It's been nice. I mean, I think it, 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 it feels really good to be going out places, especially as the weather warms up and like, just, yeah. it's like, I just, we just forgot, I just forgot that, that normal life would be this, could be this fun and nice and you could just go out and do things and I don't know, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's it, the one, one of the few silver linings is it really makes you appreciate what you missed. I yep, really missed that. bars and I didn't think I would <laughs> because I was never like, I'd go for a beer with my friends and you know it was nice to to travel and see cool places but it wasn't that uh, a focal point of my life whatsoever the way that some people in the places I visit here just see the same characters every day I I wasn't one of them and then when bars became unavailable that Mm -hmm. I realized oh it's just the 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 joy of a night you might go in like tonight I'm going to a trivia quiz in my local bar it's the first one since lockdown (laughs) and that it was just a trivia quiz. It was a simple little thing, but an excuse to meet my friends. Sometimes we'd leave at nine, sometimes we'd leave at midnight, and you never know what happened in between. And that sort of novelty uh, was very much missed. So looking forward yeah. to that. Should be good. Anyway, I've this could just go on uh, as a rambling <laughs> topic. So Matt, thank you very much for your time again. I, I'm sure it's uh, ramping up these days, and you've got family and about a billion work commitments now. By the sounds of it. So uh, once <laughs> yeah. again, it's the plant-based athlete. Uh, Matt's new book coming out soon. And thank you very much for telling me all about it and being on the show again. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Stephen. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs>